Hello, Lense. Can you unmute? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I can't see you. Is it meant to yeah, be like that? You're kidding me. <laughs> oh, look at you. I'm oh, I need a nice beach. background <laughs> like that. Yeah. You are on the beach. Yes. <laughs> I love that background. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Look how great the water looks too. You yes. got a nice little palm tree on your side. Yeah. Here. Yeah, a nice breeze blowing, I wish. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, and it's cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the weather is changing. Yeah. Um, how is it getting colder there? I'm in Florida now, so Oh, yeah. That's why I put this because I wish I was in Florida. (laughs) I know I should have went to the beach to have this call with you. but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's cold. You know, it's been raining since yesterday in St. Louis. The weather is changing for the for the trees to kind of lose the, you know, lose the fall, lose the so the fall is starting soon, pretty soon. You, are the leaves like yeah. are the leaves starting to turn colors? Already? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's my favorite here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. But then it gets cold, and I want to leave, so I just left a little early this year. I decided to come to Florida. You can come uh, visit me at any. Oh time. yeah! Oh, I wish I can. Can I? <laughs> yes. Yes. This is an open-ended offer. I just need a little bit of forewarning. Okay. But yes, you can definitely come visit at any point in time. I would love to have you. That's great. That's great. Okay. Um, uh, we talked today. Um, it's about uh, fear, right? Because that's, that's what you're coaching about, right? <laughs> I remember yeah, last time you helped me. Yeah, you helped me greatly with my fear and and helped me decide. And I uh, early late last month, I faced great fear, mm-hmm. and I remember all that you taught me mm-hmm. to step in the fear, <laughs> not run from it, but step yeah. in it. And find your fearless way to get out of it. Yeah, my son had an accident. It was a terrible accident. But um, he's okay. But the other friends suffered. One died and one have a broken fit. It was terrible. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still facing my fear every day. Every time I talk about it, my tummy like stretching out. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, and that's one of the hardest kinds of fear is that like a physical accident or a physical yes. happening because it's not, it's not like it's a creation of the mind. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, you know, I see a lion over there or my mind sees a lion. There's not really a lion. This time around, there is a lion and that's the accident. So, yes. Wow, that's so hard. I'm so grateful to hear that he's okay. And um, yeah, is he is he physically having to recover, or what's what's going on with him? Yeah, it, it, it's have uh, the impact he had is in his head. Uh, 
doctor said this, you know, he will heal slowly. You know, he just have to keep his mind. He keep uh, really worried about, you know, there was his friends and, and that accident messed up everything, you know, and he feel like his mind is not going to be the same. I'm like, yeah, and you always remember that. But uh, hopefully he will heal without the trauma. <laughs> yeah. That's a traumatic experience. And how are you? How are you dealing with it all? Me, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I, I'm just... I just want to give myself uh, boundaries not to be, you know, even as a mother, we can stop caring, but at the same time, he's a growing man. He's 34. (laughs) Sorry, I said that, but it is what it is. No. Yeah, I unfortunately I'm not a mother, but I can only imagine that you never stop being a mother. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old your child gets or how much we justify it in our minds of oh they they're they're grown, they're a grown human, but yeah, still that that motherly instinct is strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can never escape. And that's the reason why setting boundary might help, you know, because uh, you still see the, no matter how grown the child is, you still see as the little boy, little girl (laughs) (laughs) that you care for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So how else have you been facing your fears? I'm curious. I'm always curious to hear. (laughs) Well, I've been uh, facing my fear by meditating, reading a verse in the Bible, and uh, be involved in the community. Um, And kind of like, you know, wait for time to heal. Yeah, I think time is such a big, a big one when it comes to healing it seems like in our society we want everything quickly right like Mm -hmm. oh I want it now or I'm going to order that thing right now push it Amazon brings it to your door in in two days or whatever that looks like or we want things now we want the answers now and I think healing especially reminds us that time time. Mm -hmm. not something that happens overnight the process it's not it's not. It, it, it's it's almost like any any other fear, and especially when it's happening at your door. And uh, you know, even even when when COVID, it was a big wild world fear, but <laughs> still, it's still fear, and we still have to wait for time. Up to now, it's still not. It's still out there. Got better, but it's still out there. But is it that uh, people fear less or they fear more? I think time kind of helped them move on, but it's not that the fear is not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting point. That you know, because COVID did bring up 
so much fear. Right? Uh, yeah. Fear of death being the number one. And of mm -hmm. course, that's really the ultimate for us all because we can fear rejection and we can fear all of these things, but death is really the ultimate because without life, we, we all of the other fears don't matter. So I think COVID really exacerbated that idea of, you know, the fear of death. And um, it is interesting how, um, how different people responded differently to it mm -hmm. um, and how different cultures have responded differently to it. Um, and I think you're right with time, things transform and they heal. Um, and maybe our maybe our fears, or well, not maybe, most certainly our fears can transform as well. Um, and also more information. So time allowed for healing. It allowed for more information to come to the surface. It allowed us to experience COVID, right? And what it was like for us. And then we could make our own personal assessments. But I don't know about you, but the first two weeks that it came out, it scared the crap out of me. I mean, mm -hmm. I thought that we were going to be walking around in, you know, those quarantine suits and uh, with a respiratory illness, you know, airborne. And, and so it did turn out very differently um, than, than, and that's the other thing of the mind, right? Is like mm -hmm. when we don't have a lot of information we tend to create a story in our mind. Mm -hmm. And this can come from past experiences, other people's experiences, movies that we've watched, you know? So immediately, like we, we create this worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, and that's what fear really can do to us. And so not that we make it bigger than it is, but sometimes we have a tendency to do that. We create this story and with COVID, there were so many unknowns. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of a perfect example of something. It's like there's uncertainty, there's unknowns. We don't have enough information. So of course it was terrifying. And the reaction was to lock down and, and mask ourselves and, and, and kind of hunker down. But I think with time, and more information and research and listening to doctors and looking at numbers and people wanting and people requiring life still. So mm -hmm. the fear lessens when people realize that I still wanna live. I still wanna be outdoors. I still wanna hug my family. I still um, want to make a living, you know, um, at, at, at my job or my career, or I've built this business and so, these things are also very important to me. And so I think that alone, just living some kind of life of normalcy consciously really helped people overcome that fear of death a little bit. So even if they were still fearful, it, like that push to live some kind of normal life and enjoy life again, I think has really inspired our society to kind of reopen. Mm -hmm. whether it's the correct way or not you know um that i'll leave up to the experts but yeah i think people started to kind of overcome their fear when it came to covid a bit and said and you know that then different medical treatments and things came through too to to support different support people's needs but overall yeah i think with time like you said and the more 
information and experience people had then the, the more they were able to really face those fears and step yeah. towards them rather than kind of like lock down and stay indoors yes like you always said step in the fear yeah. because right now we step in it we go out we go eat yeah. you know even in the restaurant after you take the mask out you still sit down without a mask and eat yeah <laughs> so you step in the fear exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's it's so true i mean um and you know everyone has their own levels of fear as well mm-hmm. so it depends completely on the person and their past experiences too um but you know and then their current experiences of health conditions and what's happening in their lives overall so mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into the fear but there for me and this is a personal experience quality of life really starts to lessen if we remain fearful and stay locked indoors and you know it and that's that's dependent upon the person's you know their their level of fear. but i think you know really stepping into the fear and saying okay well it's a possibility i could contract covid or there's a possibility something could happen there's a possibility i could get the flu there's a possibility i could get in a car accident i mean there's a lot of likelihoods out there right but um yeah just this idea of of stepping into the fear and kind of measuring and outweighing like is the end result more important to me than staying here like is the outcome of having human interaction and going back to some sense of normal normalcy and and living my life fully while i'm still here to live it um so I think, you know, that really helps in stepping into the fear rather than allowing the fear to completely control us on every level. Um, because eventually that takes, it really disrupts our emotional and mental well-being. And that's why the rate of suicides and mental illness really skyrocketed as we were kind of going through this COVID period of lockdowns because people we're really experiencing um, these challenges of being mm-hmm. kind of locked indoors. They didn't have that human interaction, that human connection that we all long for. Yeah. To me, uh, fear, um, it's like if, if, if I'm going through something and I'm afraid, I can't sleep, I can't eat. And all I do is is just kind of read the Bible or just stay in prayer, like a long fasting until my fear is leaving. My family worried about that, but that's the only way I can really find my strength back when I'm going through fear. So when uh, doing fear, we intend to escape before we face it either I lock down we all lock in or either by myself I lack inside my spirit (laughs) that's an escape and then after that after that escape then slowly time will tell you okay you can go back to living again 
Yeah, there's it's it's interesting that you say that because there's lockdown, lock inside. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter whether it's going on in the physical circumstances around you or internally, an escapism can manifest in so many different ways, right? So, you know, we can lock it all inside and go through that really disruptive mental and emotional energy, or we can, we can really escape it with drugs and alcohol or other addictions, whether mm. that be sex or gambling or whatever it might be, right? Or we can physically run away from it, which I've been really good at a lot of my life. You know, not facing certain fears that were coming up in order to be healed. I was the best escape artist ever, just running from them. And I literally ran across continents, like traveled all around the world to escape some of the fears or some of the challenges or traumas in my life that I had experienced. So it's really interesting way to deal with it. But what you realize is when you stop escaping it and you actually look at it, it never goes away, right? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. always there waiting to be faced. So yeah. we can run from it as long as we want to. And we can escape from it as long as we want to. And there is no judgment because I've been wonderful at that most of my life. But um, the thing that I realized is, you know, when I stopped running, it was all still there waiting for me to be looked at, to be stepped into, to be healed. So yeah, the fear, the fear is always there um, unless we choose really consciously with awareness to really face it, to face our challenges, to face our problems, to step into the fear rather than escape and run away from it. And how we can fix a fear? Well, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> no, um, that I think is unique to each individual, right? So, um, of course, there are all kinds of healing therapies and techniques and NLP and hypnotherapy and um, uh, oh, uh, just therapy in general, like psychotherapy. Um, there's coaching, there's meditation tools, there's going into the subconscious, there is um, what I like to call just ripping off the band-aid and doing it when it comes to certain things. So for instance, it, I think it depends on what the fear is, first of all. So if the fear is something that is like really deep down in the subconscious, well, then that may be something that needs support from an external resource, right? Going through some hypnotherapy or going through some NLP or going through psychotherapy or whatever that looks like. Um, mm -hmm. But if the fear is something like, say, public speaking, sometimes, I mean, a good way to go about it is, you know, kind of assess why those things are there, but practicing, preparing, and then ripping the Band-Aid off and just doing it. Because I can attest to if ripping the Band-Aid off and just doing it when it comes to certain fears at first, it feels like you're going to die <laughs> yeah. as you're doing it. I mean, my body, like full-blown convulsions. And, you know, uh, public speaking is one of those for me. So it's just mm -hmm. a prime example for me. But my face would turn red and my neck red and white and blotchy. And, like, I would literally shake before doing a video or do mm -hmm. public speaking or anything of that nature. And for me, 
nothing I was doing was really helping. I could prepare all I wanted to for it and it just wouldn't be supportive. So I just ripped that bandaid off and I started doing it. And what I realized is the more and more and more that I did it, the less fearful I became every single time. So I think that it just depends on the person, but it also depends on the fear itself. And, you know, if it's like a deep, deeper, more emotional fear, or if it's something that just scares the crap out of you, but you got to do it. You just got to do it. You got to put yourself out there. So it's kind of unique to the situation, but um, of course there's all kinds of support and, and tools and things that you can use to help you really work through fear. But I think the first steps are A, awareness, and B, the intention to step forward and face the fear at all costs. And then from there, the path ahead to remedying that fear or working your way through it will become clearer and clearer. Yes, that is so true. Uh, You know, on my podcast, uh, when uh, my colleague come to start the podcast, and I didn't know what uh, what to say on podcast. <laughs> and I questioning myself, I still prayer, but I know that uh, my niche is in spiritual world and spirituality. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to speak through myself or by myself. I really want to speak according to your way, according to your words. And, uh, but really, you know, French is my language. Creole is my first language. So for me to to read English, it was kind of fear to me. You know? I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't want to read and I make mistake. I don't pronounce the words good. And I got all kind of fear to do the podcast. But I face it. I'm like, okay, it's up to the listeners. If they want to criticize, let them criticize. That's all they will do. Or they might boo me. But I'm going to step in it anyway. And I step in it. And I read my first verse. And and, uh, when I look in at my my statistic and I see, oh, you have 20 people watching, listen to you. Like, oh, okay. And sometimes I read and I kind of hesitate. It's because of my fear. I could have do it, but up to now, I still have the fear. I, I'm doing better, but every now and then my glasses get blurry because I'm I'm scared. Yeah. And I can even see the words and I mispronounce it and I correct it. Yeah, stepping the fear is 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 it's not easy, but it helped, like you said. So it can I ask helped. you, okay, what happens? What happens when you mispronounce a word? What happens in your mind? Um in my mind, when I mispronounce the word, I go back and repronounce it. I don't know if I repronounce it. You know, it's just like uh, yeah, uh, mispronounce. It's just I pronounce it in French. 
right. So I'm like, okay, maybe a French person will understand. Exactly. <laughs> there's a few people that speak French really well that really appreciate it, that you just yeah. speak French, right? But you didn't yeah. die. Nothing happened. To Nothing you, happened. Did you lose sleep over it? I didn't sleep. I didn't lose sleep, but I was losing sleep before I stepped in it. Yes. Yes, I make all this is. scenario in my mind, like you say, all that movie play out that was not even there. Right. Yeah. And I think that time and time again is what I come back to is this ability to control our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in the negative sense, like mind control. When people think of mind control, it kind of sounds negative. Um the ability to really control our, bring awareness to our thoughts Mm -hmm. and how our thoughts can really influence our emotions. So when you meet someone new, okay, this is just an example. Like before you even know them, your mind's usually creating a story about Mm -hmm. this person, right? And it's like, oh, they did this, so they must be like that or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then you get to know the person and you're like, wow, at first I didn't like them, but now it's, they're awesome. They're amazing, you know? So it's just really interesting or, you know, how we can have an experience or an expectation about something we're going to experience, right? Mm -hmm. And we create exactly how we think it's going to go in our minds. And sometimes it can be positive, but I'd say usually it tends to be more negative, right? Our mind yeah. tends to go to more to the negative side. And so we've already created this story of how we think something's going to turn out mm-hmm. rather than just being open to whatever happens and, and expecting a positive outcome. Yeah. And so this is what I mean by mind control is recognizing when our minds take over and our thinking patterns turn negative mm-hmm. and our thoughts really start and, and you'll notice it because your emotions usually follow and they feel negative or you feel just not great in your body. You feel irritated, you feel um, frustrated, angry, short, you know, stressed out, whatever that looks like. So it's a great opportunity just to really look at the thoughts. Like, what am I thinking about right now? What is my mind creating? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, yes, we have stress, but we create so much stress in our lives through yeah. our mind. Yes. So the more that we can learn to control our thinking by A, first bringing awareness to it, and then awareness is key. Like as we become more and more aware Yes, then we can start to change things, but we can't change anything without awareness. And then, of course, there are tools like meditation and breathing techniques and, you know, a lot of the things I talked about before, there are always tools that can assist us. But first, we must become aware. And once we start going down that pigeonhole or that black hole of negativity, dial ourselves back in, reframe our thoughts, distract our minds, focus on something positive. It may be as easy as listening to a comedian on YouTube just Mm -hmm. to distract your mind and bring you back to the positive thoughts. So that's really powerful. And another tool that I wanted to talk about that since you brought up the Bible so many times is like this idea when it comes to fear and, and facing fear, having the support to do so is so incredibly profound. And where does that support come from? Well, it could come from another person. 
Mm-hmm. It could come from an external entity. It could come from God. It could come from reading the Bible. It could mm-hmm. come. But basically, what that does is when we have a strong spiritual grounding or religious grounding or just even hope and faith in anything, that is such a huge support system in order to move us through fear and give us the courage to face fear. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's well said. Um, when we're looking at uh, our world now, uh, we're looking at uh, there's a really big shift, even during COVID, between the fear of, of uh, Black and white and racism and all that. And uh, for me and my perspective, I see that it's the same. It's it. I, I won't say racism not there, but by fear they kind of put it way big. If they had give instead of making all the scenario in the mind that this is all. Uh, uh, already there and it is still there if they would kind of take that scenario and give the people a second chance maybe that fear would have represented differently right yeah that's such a big one um so what i what i see and this is my personal belief is um there's been there's been so much fear in regards to racism created and it's really created more racism Mm -hmm. um i don't know i'm sure racism was there before but it was never a focus that i um was aware of continuously Um, i'm sure it, it previously existed but i believe that by focusing everything on racism has divided our country even more and created more more racism within so it's such a interesting topic because it can be it can be you can go to the deep depths of it you can Mm -hmm. do a real deep dive but it's basically what we've been taught is to fear the other or to place all of the blame on one side or the other and and this has been going on for centuries right this divide and so the new world that i believe is possible is one of unity mm-hmm. one where we embrace each other for our differences how we look it's beautiful that we don't all look the same it's beautiful we don't all speak the same language it's beautiful that each unique individual brings something profound to the table with them mm-hmm. But first, we have to overcome this this fear that has been exacerbated and totally blown out of proportion in regards to trying to divide us. We need to be able to see beyond the fear that's being pushed and decipher within ourselves that we will, rather than choose fear, choose love, Mm -hmm. choose unity. And that starts with the individual, because I don't know how to remedy necessarily that 
on a world stage because unfortunately the narrative has been to divide. So this starts with the individual internally and first facing our own fears and looking at you know, our own belief systems and, and then embracing the other mm-hmm. or what they have to offer and their uniqueness rather than judging them or pushing them away or fearing them because of that. Yes. And as coaches, I, I feel like our calling is to help, is to help the people to accept each other boundary, to accept each other value, because as a spiritual coach reading in the Bible again, because that's that's my book. And for me, I think the whole wide world is in that book. Anything that I want to find, I'll find it in the Bible. The answer is there. You're looking at even where in the Bible, uh, all the prophets have value that they stand for. And, uh, and uh, you, you're reading about David when David said, I don't sit with them he does sit with the mockery you know the people that don't appreciate God or love God he don't sit with them but really he was not talking about people this is where um, the messed up is that uh, the the preacher before the the message is wrongly passed through And as a spiritual coach, I'm looking at spiritually speaking, not physically speaking. All this uh, spirit, the good and the bad, is in the subconscious mind, not into the people. Not the people is the devil, not that I am the devil and I am good, but it's the mind, just like you said, the negative and positive. You have to understand them. And the fight is within, not with each other. So because it's within us, and then it's kind of spread out to each other, and then we start uh, misinterpret the other value or misappreciate the other person boundary. And then it becomes to where we are now. That's a beautiful way of putting it. <laughs> a very beautiful way of putting it. Um, yeah, I'm kind of speechless after that. It's such a good way of like it. It really does all start with within, from within, and and just like you were speaking about the dark, the dark and the light, like the good and the bad, good and evil, however you want to put it. Um, the, I believe we all have the dark and light within us as well. So mm-hmm. um, there are these dynamics and dichotomies. It's just like day and night. If you look at like the natural cycles of life and earth, and there's a lot of like dark and light scenarios throughout history, throughout the natural cycles, throughout everything. So for me, it's only natural that we have these two, these two, two parts of us within. And it's about, you know, rather than denying one or escaping one or running away from it, it's about, and usually it's the dark one we don't want to look at, right? The dark mm-hmm. side. It's, it's about getting to know that side of ourselves and really understanding it. And then also, you know, doing the healing work around the traumas that usually have created the, the, 
some of the darkness that's that's within and as we heal we're able to kind of meld those two together mm-hmm. it's almost like the feminine and the masculine as well like we both have we, we have both of those within us so in order to become more of um like an evolved being in my mind like a consciously involved being we meld the two and it's the same with the dark and the light like we become comfortable with them both we get to know them on a deeper level we do work to really to really um move through anything that needs to be moved through and as we heal that within ourselves we heal that within the mass consciousness of the world yeah. and we start to attract and see the things through our lens through our reality of um of our healed reality you know so if it if if before it was um you know i only saw darkness all the time when i went outside i only saw the negative but then Mm -hmm. i worked on that within myself eventually that healing shifts the reality to where oh now i go out and i see beauty i see the good i see the wonderful in the world so I am a true believer, you know, I racked my brain for most of my lifetime about how I can help heal the world or change the world or make it a better place. And I am a true believer and it sounds so cliche, but it really does start within us. Within us. And I am a true believer that we do create our own realities with our thoughts, with our actions, with our spirituality, with our emotions. Yes. And so what we say, what we do, how we respond to things is what we get in our external world. Yes, 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 and it's a, it, it's by changing the mind, the the, the it, we direct it to where we can reap the best version because that's what we are looking for the best version inside us, which is sitting deep down in the deepest mind to clean it up. And you know what's such a beautiful depiction so people might ask like, okay, how do I get there? What do I do to resolve that? Or how do I look more into, you know, what's within? And I would say, look at what's without. Yes. So look in your surroundings. What is challenging you most? What triggers you about people? What is happening that's incredibly frustrating? Um, or, and, and, you know, for me, those are all indications of work we need to do within ourselves. So mm-hmm. that would mean taking full responsibility for our lives. And if you believe that we create our reality with our thoughts, words, and actions, then when challenging situations come in, they're a catalyst for growth. They're a catalyst for learning. Yeah. And it's asking yourself, like, what is triggering me about that? Or what is going on there that I'm having this reaction to it? Or why do I keep bringing in the same kind of partner or same kind of situation or same kind of scenario over and over and over again? Because I am the one constant in the situation. So what do I need to learn from that in order to, to you know, move beyond next level or attract something new into my life? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, let's see. Well put it. <laughs> Ooh, this is so fun. Yeah, I just love it talking is. to you, Stella. I feel like I could talk all day with you. I know, all day long. We could just keep going. Yeah, because yeah, fear is, is everywhere you go and it's within us and oh, it's a lot. So um 
how can uh, people that listening to us, how can they reach you? Because uh, you you work one on one with with client, right? I know you have your show on on, on Facebook, and um, I think maybe by now most of the world already know you on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you're sweet though. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah. So I just I, like just the basics of a website. Just got that up finally. Um, it's findfearless.com. So F-I-N-D fearless.com. And um, there you can you know, book a clarity call with me, which is completely free. And it's just a session to kind of see what I do and if, I resonate with you, you resonate with me, and then we can choose to work together or not, you know, depending on, depending on, you know, if, if we match, if we match. <laughs> and then um, also on there, you can sign up for my newsletter. There's also a free gift on there. You can um, sign up for that or get that by providing your email. And um, I think that at the bottom, it has both my Facebook and my Instagram little doodads on the bottom. So if you're interested in my social media, I do all kinds of free content videos. I do a podcast as well. So please come follow me on social media. I would absolutely love it. All right, fearless girl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all your help. Much love and continue spread the love. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I feel so grateful for you having me on. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really you appreciate too. it. All right, thank you. And you are a fearless woman, so you inspire me. <laughs> I'm trying to. I, Girl, you're I'm nailed. trying to step in. <laughs> you're doing amazing. You're rocking thank it. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Gorgeous. I'll talk to All you right. later. All right. Bye bye. 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 Okay.